Are you tired of hearing mental health from a superficial view and want to hear about realistic views? Well, you come to the right place, a space where healing is central, but also normalized. Your hosts, Donika and Myra, who are in the mental health field, will explore topics to help promote healing in your everyday life. Through our podcast, you will get the real and the work to focus on your healing. Welcome to Black Women Healing Podcast. Hey y'all, we're back this week with a very special guest. Stay tuned and we'll dive into a little bit about her. But first, Donika is going to do a random scenario. So our guest today is Dr. Ashe. I will do her um, intro right after, but let's go ahead and hop in. Okay, so Dr. Ashe, we start with a random scenario. So I'm about to hit you with one and you just have oh. to kind of answer it. Okay. All right. So... Okay. Uh, let's say, oh my goodness. Okay. Let's say that, why am I being so deep? Well, okay. I'm going <laughs> to say, let's say that a random baby was at your doorstep tomorrow morning. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what would you do? A random baby? It was like a newborn baby. Was that your door? Call the police and ask them to come pick this random baby up. I'm not, I don't know what else that I was supposed to do. The police, unfortunately, and the only resource I can say is that or the fire department. You know, for example, my uh, husband's best friend, he is a, a firefighter. And so they drop off the newborn babies at the fire station, you know, but it's quite actually kind of disturbing that. We don't really have other other social systems specifically for black people because even saying the police is like the fuck you gonna do you know what I'm saying sort of sort of feeling mm-hmm. so it's one of those things of you know kind of leads me into why the black women's healing space was founded I feel that it's a seed for future work for us as black women to develop those spaces because if there was a baby and if it was a black baby especially I would like to you know, have the resources to figure out some things. And let's just say with a white baby or Asian baby, it's not that I'll care any less per se, but I think that I could, I would trust the police with a white baby. <laughs> mm. right. We getting into it already. But yeah, already. Well, you already know you're messing with a hitter, don't you? Know? <laughs> but, but you got some resources too. So you, like you said, you got somebody, you said you had a friend or somebody whose husband? Yeah, he's a firefighter and, you know, he, He's experienced babies being dropped off at the fire station and then, yeah. you know, taking them to, I guess, the necessary places, adoption agencies or whatnot. You know, I don't know from that point. But it's very, you know, for me as an Afrocologist, you know, as someone who studied the experiences of Black people from a multidimensional perspective, it's really difficult, you know, for me to trust that system wholeheartedly. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. Most definitely. Well, thanks for answering that random, very random. Very uh, random question. Very good. <laughs> All right, y'all. So today on Black Commissioning Pod, we're going to discuss inspirations, mentorship, a little bit about sisterhood and creative outlets. And so um, I'll share with y'all that Dr. Ashe is an assistant professor in the Department of Africana Studies at San Diego State University. She's a native of Richmond, California, and she earned her Bachelor's of Arts degree in Africana Studies at SDSU. Her remaining degrees were granted by Ohio State University and Temple University in Black Studies. Dr. Alamin Shavers has published scholarly articles focusing on the role of women in African traditional societies and controlling images attached to Black womanhood. 
Dr. Ashe is the first person to analyze the stereotypical image of the black woman as an average. A controlling image, image or an exploitive ideal, which you can Google if you want to read more about that. Dr. Ashley celebrated her most recent publication entitled The Woman's Question, Gender Dynamics Within the Black Panther Party, which analyzes a process by which gender equality was implemented and maintained within the organization. She has received several recognitions, conducted speaking engagements in the community and on campus, and is a sister and mother in law to women all over. Amongst all of these accolades, Dr. Ashe was also the focal point person in creating Black Women's Healing Circle and San Diego State University campus, and a big help in creating this platform. So, let's go ahead and dive right in and describe how you begin to find your passion for social justice and work centered around Black people as a whole. Well, I mean, I think that, you know, <laughs> I'll just put it like this. As a Black uh, female, a young Black female raised in Richmond, California, uh, one of the most um, culturally richest places I've been, you know, along with Oakland, you know, I was able to be around Black people and just enjoy our music and our food and just, you know, each other, you know. But when I was in junior high, and particularly maybe even elementary, but I'll go to junior high as an example, I was noticing how the administration, I'm 13 years old, 12 years old even, noticing how the school administration was treating, uh, you know, girls of color different from the white girls. And I actually wrote an article about it. Um, and I was able to uh, get connected back with this article that I wrote and I almost didn't believe it. I'm sorry, when you was 12? 12 years old. And it's on Facebook, actually. If you go to Facebook, you can see that I shared this article that I wrote writing about how the school administration was uh, discriminating against women, uh, girls of color based on their dress code. So for example, they had this dress code, but it seems like they were only enforcing it with the women, girls of color and not the white girls. You know, and, you know, I was noticing something, so I decided to do, you know, this, this exploratory, you know, study, if you will, and I interviewed six people, and I interviewed three students and three um, people from the administration, and I read it, you know, as a 35-year-old person, and I was like, my God, you know, like, <laughs> I was already into this at 12 years old, you know, mm -hmm. and I'm just kind of connecting back to it now, because I went to Juan Crespi Junior High School, and this is in, um, Northern California, and Juan Crespi is nothing but a, co a colonist. You know, that's just a, colon a colonial, a colonist name, and thus it's also what a colonial school, <laughs> mm -hmm. similar to the school I work for, San Diego State. <laughs> mm -hmm. This is also a colonial um, name. You know, we say, well, who, who, the Aztecs? We understand that's a mascot from San Diego State, but you could, you should understand that Native Americans, Native American students, have always fought against having uh, a, themselves as a mascot, okay? Mm -hmm. And so you have to say, well, what powers are they fighting against? It's the colonial powers that they refuse to give it up, <laughs> white people. Mm. And so my passion for fighting for black people has just been rooted in myself. I'm a black person, you know, and I'm seeing, you know, if you look around you, you see very clearly that black people are being treated X, Y, and Z. You are pushed to do something about that. And I, I know y'all can relate to it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> So, what, can you tell us about some ways, um, Dr. Ashe, that you have focused on your healing, and how has this translated into you helping others on their journey? Mm hmm Well, it's interesting because, <coughs> you know, for so long, 
And I think maybe it's because I was in Africology, but, you know, also just being connected to a lot of love, you know, from my, you know, my Black family, you know, my Black friends, you know what I'm saying? But when you go into the institution, and I'm talking about San Diego State, this white institution, um, the first uh, white institution or white university was Harvard. Um, and this is in an early, what, 1700s, I guess they were founded. I forgot the year. But the point is that San Diego State, as I worked for this all-white institution, it became very, very draining. And even when I was strong, I came in strong-minded. But I didn't even take enough time to take care of myself. Unfortunately, if I would have did the proper care, self-care, I probably wouldn't even start as a Black woman's in the circle. Not because I wouldn't have um, wanted to, but because I would have felt like this is way too much. I'm doing way too much, you know? And so eventually I burnt, I got not simply burnt out, I, I nearly died, nearly died, you know? And I'm still in the process of healing right now. I have, I have had to take a whole entire year and a half off so that I can heal from everything I did on that campus because white people themselves are not equipped and would never be equipped to um, heal us. We must heal ourselves. And quite honestly, we are um, experiencing uh, open wounds that continue to be dug into every single day by them. So there is no way that these <laughs> individuals can heal us, right? So while I'm at this institution, you got to understand that San Diego State, just like any uh, white institution, is a capitalist institution. It seeks mm -hmm. to exploit all your energy, especially if you're a Black woman. And I say that because we have to deal with mental barriers that a lot of other individuals do not have to deal with mentally. So as a black woman, you feel you got to serve black students. So that means you're serving black women, you're serving black men, you're serving black queer students. That's three different groups. You know, and I was trying my best to hit them all. You know, I couldn't hit the black men in a way that I had, would have wanted to because I understood clearly that I had to connect to black women. But even with the black men, you know, somehow even my stardust, I call it, I'm, call, I'm gonna call it black stardust because you know we're made of stardust. And so even my black stardust was able to shine so bright that the black men were able to now found their own black male healing circle to have a space to talk about issues that generally black men don't talk about. Right. And still to this day, I haven't got a thank you, Dr. Ashe, for that from them. And so it, it lends the question of how black women historically and currently give so much and they're not receiving the proper credit. We can go to Ella Baker, who was the mother of the civil rights movement, but we always hear about Martin Luther King. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my goodness. And so with, with that being said though, as far as like, um, like you now focusing on your own healing and I noticed you said that you probably wouldn't have um, even been able, you probably wouldn't have been able to create these spaces that you would have. What do you it, think? Right, which is ironic, right? It's ironic to say it because I'm, what I'm saying is that now I'm focusing on my healing and in focusing on my healing, that meant that you cannot give up so much of yourself mm -hmm. because you're trying to heal everybody else right. because you're trying to serve everyone else. And so when you're in a capitalist system like San Diego State, as a educational system, it's still capitalist. They even want to take so much from the students. I mean, midway through, they're raising up tuition. Who do you think that's going to hit the hardest? Well, it's going to hit the poorest groups the hardest. Who are the poorest? African-Americans and also Native Americans. And so they didn't care about that. 
And so students have spent an exorbitant amount of energy fighting in this system. And when I was up there, I was trying to help fight, you know, be at all the protests, do this and do that, you know? And it was like, I couldn't even take a break to breathe. Mm -hmm. So breathing is essential, right? To living, but taking yeah. a break to breathe more than you usually would is essential. Mm -hmm. And it's also called, you can also sleep. So sometimes people are not, you know, people are not getting enough sleep. Some people are working like three jobs, you know, uh, to raise children and, um, you know, trying to make ends meet. And then you have issues with your children because you're not able to pour in energy into them in the ways you want. And then you have to get a therapist, for example. So the therapist is coming in to help. But the issue is not quite that we don't have enough therapists. The issue is the system itself. Mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of times some of these MFT programs do not hit that because white people themselves founded the MFT programs and it has been students of color, specifically black women, that have pushed their professors to say, hey, you gotta think about race when you're trying to give us this healing you're talking about. And so I realized that you are never gonna help me heal. And so this year and a half it has been beautiful because I've connected back to the earth, for example. So I've gotten into gardening. You know, I put some of these images on Instagram. So I have green onions and green peppers and different types of herbs and different types of flowers. And this is very important as black women because we are the original people. So we've always connected to the earth and that has always grounded us. And it, it, did, it did exactly that for me um, this last year and a half and just being in the, in, in the dirt and then seeing the trials and tribulations of even the plants themselves. You know, they come up and down and, you know, even sometimes the plants go down. I'd be like, my mood is going down, you know, and I'm like, okay, they're just plants. So I don't have to feel so tied to them in that sense. But when they start to come back and you really start to understand and learn what they need, then you feel proud of yourself. You get that energy back and you also get to eat from it, right? So mm -hmm. it's like these things that we've always done, but oftentimes we don't have an opportunity to do them because we were enslaved right? We were growing food and growing resources for this lazy ass group of people that ain't did shit for 250 plus years. And even now you can still see that there's a lot of criminal activity happening towards us. Okay. So I'll put it like that. In addition to gardening, I did a lot of, um, what you call painting. I was painting with nail polish. I bought a whole bunch of nail polish and I was just painting and that was healing. You see what I'm saying? So just really being able to spend some time with myself, See, we spend so much time trying to help and serve other people. Are we spending time with ourselves? People say, I wake up and spend time with God. I say, okay, well, understand that you got a high power energy sitting right in you. It's you. <laughs> you are God. You are energy source. And yeah. so oftentimes you need, oh, right, you are the ultimate God. You see you. You are in control of you. But you also love you and you want to spend time with you. So in a year and a half, I got off. I said, man, I'm dope. I love me. <laughs> I want to spend time with me. I gave all y'all my time, but I got to have time for myself, you know? So that's, that's been healing. And that is something I want to, you know, have your listeners take away is that you must make time for self just to be in conversation with self, to give yourself love and say, oh my God, I'm so bomb, man. I dropped that podcast or whatever it is. You know what I'm saying? You got to encourage you. So that's been lovely. That's dope. So you share all these great things. So now you got to give advice for people how to even start doing these things. Because <laughs> you share great things. But how do you get started? Well, you know, it's a lot of, it's, it's, it's a process. You know, it's, it's something that I think could be better in groups. And for me, because I did a lot of group work, 
you know, serving other, in, you know, serving in groups, I felt like, man, I gotta be, I gotta have my alone time. And so I feel that even if someone, and I'm going to say that, you know, because there are extreme circumstances and someone said, well, what about this? And what about that? And what about this? You know, you'd be like, man, I don't know. I don't have all the answers. Oh, right. I don't know. And I'm going to be real on that. You know, because what if you got two jobs and you only have time to be with self? You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? So I don't have the answers to that other than, man, please take 15 minutes and just look in the mirror. Look in the mirror. Mm -hmm. 15 minutes. You got two jobs. You got four kids. Look in the mirror and say, self, you are amazing. I'm so proud of you. Yeah. I love you. Thank you so much, self. I know all this is the case. Yeah. And this is the case not because of me. This is the case because this system is exploitive. Yeah. You know? And I'm going to keep pushing to do what I know is best, you know? And a lot of times we don't have the answers. So even me, I can't just always look within and I look without. That's why people like religion. You know, I understand someone going to church, for example, you know what I'm saying? And worshiping one particular God, you know, but I, I don't understand, however, worshiping a white God, you know, I don't because I am an Africologist and I have studied the history. So it's, we have to be also scientific about what has happened to us. We have been given this religion by our oppressor, right? And they're also trying to give us everything else, psychology, you know, MFT, sociology, da 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 da, da and, you know, the study of this, study of that. You know, they haven't sat back and studied themselves. And so I find myself in a situation where I'm in, I had to, I push myself to these mental limits, you know, as I've been off, because I'm like, I am trying to serve the black women at the bottom. I, I know what that means, because my mom was at the bottom, you know what I'm saying, on, on welfare, trying to figure it out, you know what I'm saying, raising three kids, you know, trying, trying to heal from an abuse, exiting an abusive relationship with my father, for example. That's just facts. So what can I, what would I have told my mama at 18 when she already had two kids? You know, and my quite honestly, you work with young people, young black women, you know, you have some profound advice to tell them too, even with children. You your research shows, you know, you did a research, you did a, a research study with my with me, Myra, remember that? Uh-huh. And I always uh reference it, you know, because I realized it's just it was just fact. What helps black women are support systems, yep. period. Okay, and when you have the built-in support system, the ones that you sort of are born into, sometimes those are actually also fragmented because right. of the circumstances. Let me let you know, when you talk to uh, brothers and sisters from Africa, and you talk about their weddings and their events, you say, how many people judge your wedding? You said about 500. 500 people judge your wedding? These are big events, and I say that because they're connected in this deep way with each other. You know what I'm saying? Like in like, it's so many links, right? But we were fact, have been fragmented because of exploitation, you know? Um, economic exploitation leads to violence, for example. So we, there's those links that, you know, we can connect to. So in regards to support systems, I would say that the Black Woman Healing Circle, as I envisioned it, it was supposed to be in a support system for Black female students and Black feminine center students because I understand how space needs to be given to us mm -hmm. and how sometimes when you're a feminine, black feminine centered person, you don't even have, you know, come on, you know, we all together here. You know what I'm saying? 
and I felt that I even needed the space, you know what I'm saying, to sort of vent. But I've started to realize that I was giving more, right? Because I'm older. I have more to give, right? So we need spaces for Black women of different ages to come together. And we also need spaces for Black women who can divide themselves up and say, okay, this is for Black trans women because we want to get heavy into this. This is for Black mothers with wombs. And this is real because it's a particular, who identify as what you'll call cisgender or feminine, feminine like myself. Because what we are not seeing is that Black feminine, female-centered women are seen as the mothers and they're being pulled on in ways that Black feminine-centered males aren't. Mm. Not by the largest group because even Black men were pulling on me. I'm like, man, because I was being seen as the mother of everybody. And so I'm like, okay, 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 we'll we'll go with that. But in in that, we Black mothers, we got to have our own space. So we can talk about what it means to be a black mother, to be a black sexual being, to be, um, to be funny, to -hmm. have all these gifts and talents and to be, uh, not this whole Christian concept of I'm the neck and you the head. No, I'm the head and the neck and the the brain, the arms, I'm the whole body. I'm everything, you know, and to proudly walk in that. (laughs) I know you, um, you kind of mentioned a lot of different things, but uh, one of the questions that, that we had was like, what was your inspiration for Black Women's in the Circle, which I know you kind of touched on, yeah. but identify a few benefits helping form that circle? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, the Black Women's Healing Circle, as it was envisioned, I'm going to say this briefly, it was envisioned because I was a facilitator for a Black Women's Circle, and that mm-hmm. was initiated by uh, Sharika, I don't know her last name, mm-hmm. but she asked me to facilitate this circle. So I ran that circle. And two years later, uh, Donika, when you was working at the Women's Resource Center, this Women's mm-hmm. Resource Center that is ran by Jessica Nair or whatever, um, who is a white female, I think we should need to be honest about race, okay? Mm-hmm. And being a white female, your vision might be slim, okay? Because she didn't have any programs that centered around black women. And Donika was a worker there, she asked me, I try to say, why you, you know, where's the black women? Where's the black female students? Why aren't they coming in here? Why do, why do you think, you know, she got this, these great questions. Why do you think they're not coming? And I'm in my head thinking, well, shit, I already know I ain't coming. Ain't nothing for them to come for. <laughs> ain't got nothing for them. You know, this white woman can't teach y'all shit. And I'm going to be honest about that. Mm-hmm. I tell her, to, she will know that because she knows that. You know what I'm saying? But white women have to understand that. But no one sought me out. I forced myself in that space mm-hmm. for y'all. And I said, we need to start a Black Women's Healing Circle. I'm going to mm-hmm. need you to develop blah, blah, nine ideas, nine uh, topics and, uh, you know, reach out to some people that might be interested. And she reached out to uh, another um, student, that a Black female in the uh, MFT program, Liz, Elizabeth, right, Liz. And we did this thing. We just made it work, you know. Um, but I was carrying a lot. I was a mother. I was carrying that program. I started a Black Affinity program as well. And that Black Affinity program is thriving now. And that is a program that serves Black students coming out the dorms. <laughs> okay, so. Black Affinity? Black Affinity, right. Okay. And that's, you know, that's at San Diego State now. And then the Black Resource Center, of course, right, is something I also helped to start. So you have these major things that I helped to start, but it's been a major energy drain. So when you talk about the benefits, I say the major benefit is that, for example, this podcast, I can see how the Black Woman's Healing Circle 
can actually um, turn into something where you get all these things that just breaking from it and it's centered around black women's healing. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, for the first time, I feel like I want to get, make sure I get my credit for that. You know what I'm saying? At first I was thinking something else and no, 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 I'm getting my credit for this because um, this is something that came through my mind. This is something I work for. And so to see y'all have a podcast, I am uh, hoping to, or rather I will be um, opening up a Black Women's Healing Circle for Black women in the community. My goal is to start the first uh, month of the year for uh, Martha the King um, birthday and, and to do a Black Women's Healing Circle for Martha the King birthday in honor of Black women who um, uh, did all they can do for us doing a civil rights movement so that we can sit here and have these type of conversations. And also we can kind of party and dance to it. <laughs> so, because it will be a day party. So a Black Women's Healing Circle uh, Martin, Luther King, Martin Luther King Day Party. So I'm putting it out there um, because I have this huge vision of just doing monthly programs for, for Black women in the community. Right. For fee. Mm. <laughs> for <laughs> fee. And I get this knowledge yes. for free, you know. But you're going to be very well taken care of. This space will be nice. You all been to my home. So um, this is something I talk, even talked to Myra about, you know. And so if y'all are, you know, interested in working at this oh. event, I will reach out to y'all, okay? Hi. <laughs> you can do a podcast live, you know, it'll be something really dope, you know? I to ask you, I know we've been talking about, like, how you have to look within yourself and even, like, kind of, like, the struggle of being pulled everywhere. So that makes me even ask you, how do you juggle being pulled everywhere and holding all these roles as a Black woman and being in the spaces that you're in? Like, how do you even balance that like if there is well you know what honestly like I had to sort of reposition myself I felt that while I was in the institution even though I was unafraid uh to uh say the things that were necessary to be said you know when people were afraid to say you know it's white people that ain't doing shit up here I mean I just said it I said I sent them a letter I said why aren't y'all doing anything you know black students are complaining about all all these things and you know white faculty is just sitting back you know so I, I feel that you know as a black woman you can end up being used in that way too so I had to realize that I'm a ghetto black woman I'm from the hood man we fight it ain't nothing you know what I'm saying so I'm up there fighting it's like whatever y'all are weak you know but then I get burnt out because no one else is fighting <laughs> I'm up there fighting by myself and so I have I, I I had to juggle a lot, and let me tell you, I dropped them. I dropped them balls because I, my mental health got compromised as a result of mm -hmm. holding too much. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell black women, you ain't got nothing to prove, mm -hmm. you know. And I felt that I was, you know, I had something to prove to them white folks. You ain't got nothing to prove to them. We already great, mm -hmm. you know. You born into greatness, and so I feel like now I'm coming back to the campus because now I'm, you know, I'm starting back, and I'm going to be teaching a class called the Revolutionary Power of Black Love. And I, I'm coming at the, I'm coming at it different. I'm not doing all that community service. I love you, you black students, but you got enough for me. <laughs> you have the Black Resource Center as a result of me. You have the Black Women's Healing uh, uh, Circle as a result of me. You have the male Black Male Healing Circle, the Black Space, Black Infinity, I, Black Infinity. You know, you, got, you know. So I'm like, man, y'all owe me too. So when I come back, my plan is to not do all of that but to uh, go live on Facebook or Facebook and Instagram with my classes to discuss, 
you know, some of the things that we're talking about now, but I can kill two birds with one stone, or my husband likes to say, feed two birds with one seed. So being on Facebook live will allow me to teach and potentially reach a, a, a larger audience. I think that that was one of the issues I was having was that I have such profound messages and, you know, I give a lot of energy. I'm very passionate, but it's almost like, you know, for example, a, a preacher, you know, huffing and puffing and you only got one person in front of them, you know, it's like, damn, man, that was a lot of energy. <laughs> so I'm going back with that mentality and I feel that any black student potentially could, you know, link in and, and watch some, you know, learn some things. And I'm also doing it because I'm hoping, hoping my people from Richmond, from Oakland, the people I've connected to from the Bay Area kind of will link in and, and, and see some of the things I'm talking about. Um, because my main um, purpose has always been to find some power for my people. And I feel that through my research, you know, on uh, women from Kemet, ancient Egypt, for example, uh, women in the Black Panther Party, um, my research on not being a down ass bitch, fuck being the down ass bitch. <laughs> For example, those uh, type of articles will empower black women. And I'm excited to uh, teach this class because the, the, the class will still be taught um, from the black woman's perspective because we, our revolutionary energy, our energy, our love for our children, our love for our men and our community members, that is what has pushed us to, to, you know, challenge the system, yeah. to challenge things that are not right, that are being done to us, you know, and if it wasn't for that resistance, if it wasn't for African resistance, then we will be totally slaughtered. We will have been totally, <laughs> even now you have to challenge mass incarceration because they will re-enslave us, you know, so everything is always a pushback, you know, um, so yeah, but the balance is basically at this point, changing your mind frame around your circumstances and making sure you do what you want to do. So I am not going back with this mentality that I have to serve certain, no, 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 no. I'm using that campus for me. <laughs> what can I get from that campus so that I can propel myself forward? Because it is not the end of the road for me, not that place, sorry. And I also heard like looking within, so y'all that are- <laughs> I think um, Dr. Ashe said some really good points in realizing that if you have a message, it's a profound message and take some time to look within yourself and think like, how can I get my message out without, you know, overstretching myself? Like think, how can right. I reach myself? Because like how she was sharing, like getting sick and stuff like that, that's not a position that you want to be in. Mm-hmm. You know, in the sister circles that... Um, that, you know, essentially these are sister circles, black sister circles or black sibling circles, right? You know, for me, it's like, it would be great to eventually see this, these, these three groups, the black woman's healing circle, black space, which is for black queer students, mm -hmm. black male healing circle, which is for black male students to come together and yeah. talk about these things as well. Yes. Um, because our, our healing is actually interconnected. What happens is that we, 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 what I say, siphon out, we cut ourselves up and we give ourselves to white people. So for example, with the issues of women, it's like as black women, we need to focus on our issues as black women. We cannot continue to do the labor for those women that won't do it for themselves, white women, right? And then white women, they try to pretend as if we, since we both got vaginas that we were the same. And it's like, no, we're at a different social spectrum you are over me if or in this 
you know, system. And black queer people as well. So what happens is that you can't even talk about those things because it ends up being, oh, are you homophobic? Are you crazy? I have black family members who are queer, whom I love, who I'm fighting for every day because they are oppressed because they are black and their sexuality is further impressed in this society. However, when we are talking about getting free as black people, we got to come together and develop a revolutionary politic for ourselves around those issues Mm -hmm. because we'll help white people get themselves free and they still wouldn't say a mumbling word about ending racial oppression. They don't, you know, they won't do anything. You know, the Black Women's Healing Circle has been taken out of the Women's Resource Center. I wonder has Jessica Nair, for example, replaced it with something specifically for Black women? Probably not. You know, if it wasn't for um, some Black queer students, there wouldn't even be, you know, these spaces for Black queer students in the uh, LGBT Center. I don't know if that's the name of it, for example, you know? So we have to look at these things and say, how do we have these these inner um, black communication, you know, discussion, if you you will. I just say that we gotta talk to each other, you know, because you will see feminine energy, not simply between, you know, black women, but feminine energy that is as it exists in black men, you know? And so the feminine divine for me is on a spectrum. The, the masculine divine is on a spectrum. So, and, I, and this is a language I'm sort of just making up right now because if we're talking about the feminine divine, what is the masculine divine? And I feel like, for example, the masculine divine sits in all of us. So instead of me, um, when the, the African-American um, individual, that black man that came onto campus about three years ago, Marquise Campbell, I believe his name, when he was um, brutally uh, harassed by the campus police, I could have sat back and been on some toxic shit, even though I know I have the power to speak. I could have been like, mm-mm-mm, CCC, or some shit like that. But I wasn't. I was on some less moves, less protests right now, because I had seven, you know, 75 Black people in front of me, students and faculty members and staff, you know, and none of those individuals really wanted to do it. <laughs> Not none, but, you know, it was a good amount. That one, Aisha was there, for example. She was ready to move. Terry was there. You know, uh, he was ready to move. There's another student that's coming to mind, uh, like Jasmine. There's, Jasmine is um, part of SOS. She was ready to move. It was some people that are, have been actually recognized by Black students as these conscious leaders, these pushers, right? And so I say that because it's like our energy is always being used to do something for someone else, but we have to be in a position our minds have to be in a position to push and say, we got to move regardless. You can't be Negro-like on everything. So it took masculine divine energy to be like, let's go, we move. Yaya Santewa, Harriet Tubman, we move. I'm calling out the names of Black women because I find source in those individual females, <laughs> Black women, you know, those are our ancestors. So when I'm like, I don't know if I can do it, as I sit in this moment as Antonisha, but then I think to Harriet. I said, well, shit, Harriet did it. I got to follow, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to tap into that power. She was a queen in a king. I know that story. All right, so let me. Um, Dr. Ashe, you was talking about um, like this feminine and masculine divine energy. And we talk about that on, I think maybe two episodes ago when we talk about a uh, black boy joy, our black men joy, yeah. about how like, we have both of them. 
and like both men, women, or however you identify, you have like this feminine and masculine energy. And I like the way you just explained it about how you saying like you you need both of them to move forward in the things that you need to do. Like you you need them both. Mm-hmm. And so when you coined, you made me think about it though. So yeah, we talk about that though. Nice, good, yeah, you know, yeah. What was the? Uh, I think you asked a, uh, another question. I'm not sure if I answered it specifically, like hit on or not. So. Um, I think you answered them all. I th- I do, as we like about to close out. We we try to um, we try to give our listeners takeaways, kind of how we did with the circles, because mm-hmm. we want that we want our listeners and even us to be able to practice the things that we're talking about to actually put them into uh and work and actually heal. Um, so what would you say after talking about all these different dope things? Would your takeaways be? Um, well, one takeaway for black women is that, and, and, and black people, whoever's listening to this really, is that you need to listen to yourself. You have to listen to yourself. Yourself is telling yourself some stuff. <laughs> and I think that for a while I was telling myself, I'm tired, you know, like this is too much. And I wasn't listening to myself, you know, and I felt that sometimes people they get pushed so hard in this society where they might even feel like there's no other way. Like this is the only way. And I'll just say, man, just take even 15 minutes a day. Even when you so busy, just take 15 minutes a day and say to yourself, I honor you and I understand, I feel you. I get what you're saying, you know, and you have to listen to yourself. And I felt that for a while I had not been really honoring the fact that I am a divine person that needs balance, you know? So that's one thing I'll say reciprocity is important in your relationships. If you feel that you're putting more in a relationship than that person is putting into you, you have to ask yourself, why is that the case? Is this your child? Is this your elderly person, for example, or is this your boyfriend? Is is this your husband even? Because if that's the case, you still have to say, I need balance. (laughs) And you have to honor that. And you have to do whatever it takes to find the balance in that space. Um, And this could be the case for your work. So if you're putting more to your work than it is putting into you and you're not being fulfilled, then you have to be, you have to say, okay, I hear you. And this world is too vast for me to stay at this dead end job or this job that makes me feel horrible with these toxic people or whatever the case is. And so a lot of times we sort of give up because we feel like that's the only way. And I'd say, man, no way. We're stars. We're a part of a very powerful cosmic system. Um, We're made of stars, you know, stardust. So the sun is very instrumental you know, to us, Mother Earth, the Earth we live in is very instrumental into our development. And so I say, what's happened to that? You know, maybe Mother Earth, you know, or Father Son, however you want to put it, <laughs> you know, I, you know, can give you some wisdom, you know, and I go straight to that because we're mammals. So we can go straight to the, the very elements as opposed to kind of going to like the th- secondary, third type of religions that are coming out of the framework of the of the uh, mind of humans, go right to the source, tap in, we're connected. So that's what I would say and trust that, you know, because we've always been connected as black people. 
That was amazing. I was taking notes. That's why I had to mute. <laughs> that was really good. I heard a lot throughout the whole podcast about um, really relying on yourself. And I know that's something I need to work on doing, like knowing that I know a lot and I don't have to overexert myself. Because at the end of the day, like, I'm just as important as these people that are in my life. And without balance, I'm just going to be tore down. So I'm really thinking about, like, checking in with myself a lot, too, from this conversation. I like that. Yes. Nice. Yeah. I, I most definitely just feel like anytime that you speak, Dr. Ashe, you have, like, this, this energy about you. And I think that like it just literally drives into the next person and even if it's not in the sense of someone is like maybe maybe these students or maybe other people are not moving like you but just know i don't care if anybody has talked to you they've left with something (laughs) i don't care who it is you leave with something thank you so much that's so this podcast, you all will, you know, it, this will be our first podcast of starting in January. And so I think that it was just super important to have you just because we're a product of literally you. And so, right. it's, yeah, so it's, 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 it's so important to have you uh, as starting out for the next year. Thank you. Well, this is awesome as well, because I am uh, opening up the Black Women's Healing Circle on Instagram, and I put a video on my Instagram page, and I just wanted to see if maybe I can share this uh, video as well next year on that Instagram as well, because I'm trying to get that pop in and share information about Black women uh, specifically through that Instagram. Um, I want to just mention as well that um, right now, 75,000 Black women are missing um, there was a report on Black women and Black children and Black men missing, but oftentimes we don't get them directly. So um, the Black Women's Healing Circle on Instagram will be an opportunity for me to um, give reports um, specifically on Black women and Black children and, um, and Black men as it relates to the Black family. So, so needed. Thank you. So yes, this will be our first podcast um, to start off the year. We just wanted to pay homage of from. Um, so we want to make sure that we're doing that and all that Dr. Ashe is discussing we will be sharing of course and um, also when she gives us more information about her circle around Martin Luther King Day we'll also share that with you all thank you this was awesome so proud of you both I love you both I see you as my little sisters and I also wanted to say thank you all both for watching the Charlotte specifically Myra here lately because you you know you've been watching her a lot so you all you know we we have this great person just come our sister um dr arche she just spoke and gave us some gems so we're going to continue on with our normal uh ending segment so i'm actually going to share a book because it is the beginning of the year i thought this one by um it's called 40 days and 40 nights towards spiritual strength and personal growth one day my soul just opened up and it's by iyanla van zant and um you all know that I don't play about her. I think her books are amazing. Um, so this book, it actually focuses on like, um, I mean, 40 Days and 40 Nights. It kind of talks, it gives you actual like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? You're actually writing every day about your growth. And so it's like little chapters about like healing, closure, uh, affirmations and it just kind of goes into different ways that you can go on your healing journey and then you're documenting it by writing about it and processing it 
every day for 40 days and the, with the hope of that, you know, that you'll strengthen your spiritual growth and healing whatever you identify with, um, you'll keep growing. So go ahead and read that or order that if you haven't. I think it's a great way to start the year off. And then also talking about events. So at this point, Black Women Healing Circle Louisville Edition has already happened. So if you came out to the event, thank you so much. And so y'all know, like we said, we're going to continue having events all over in different cities and over the U.S. So we have Black Women Healing Circle in Los Angeles, February 22nd. So be on the lookout for those tickets. Um, and then we'll also have a Black Women Healing Circle in San Diego, March 7th. And we'll have a Black Women Healing Circle in Philadelphia, May 2nd. So be on the lookout for all those different events. As Dr. O'Shea was talking about, she's going to have her uh, Black Women Healing. I don't know which, exactly what she's going to call it, but it's going to be an event in San Diego. And the difference from her events, they're going to be very, they're going to be monthly. And it sounds like she also going to have a component of like dancing, like a day party type of thing. So y'all do not want to miss out on that. All right, y'all. So I usually share a discount. And so um, I'm going to share with y'all Instagram. It's called A God Taught Artist. And it's black art. And it's like the most amazing art I've ever seen in my life. Um, and they do random discounts. Uh, but you have to follow the Instagram page. So I highly suggest that you follow that page. And then the second thing I wanted to share with y'all, it's another Instagram. Um, it's from Refinery29. It's one of their social media strategists. And her Instagram is L-A-U-R-I-S-E-I-R-L, um, Loris. And she shares different ways of communicating. So she has how to do healing language. And she'll say, like, that's not it, sis. Or, okay, you're good. So then that's not it, sis, are the things you shouldn't say. But she'll give you a way that you could say them. Or she'll talk about revamping your resume, what looks good. She talks about how to be a team player, what's cool and what's not cool. How to approach your supervisor how to be a good friend, et cetera. So she posts a bunch of cool different stuff. And she's also a black woman um, with Refinery29, which is pretty dope. Um, they also actually have a podcast that's really good. And they talk about just mm -hmm. black women in the white workspace. And they talk about like how they want to dress a certain way. And they're thankful that they got a job to listen do that. How they talk a certain way, how they walk their bamboos to work. Like it's pretty dope. They don't really update it. So you'll probably listen to them real fast. It's only like five of them but they're hella dope. So those are two dope Instagrams. So the first one is God Taught Artist for Black Art. And the other one is Loris. And then just add um, IRL at the end of her name. So you'll be able to find her. And that is it for this week's episode. Make sure to tell a friend to tell a friend, tell your family members, all that good stuff. And stay tuned for all the exciting things that we have coming. And be sure to check our bio for our ticket links to our upcoming healing circles.